episode 108 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, how's everything going for you this week? I know I'm doing pretty good. Finishing my days off, going back to work tomorrow, feeling refreshed. <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic. You on days or nights this, uh, this shift? This. Uh, starting days, three days, two nights, and then uh, okay. off for five days. Good stuff. Good yeah, shit. Looking yeah, looking just... forward to those five days. Absolutely. Yeah, so like all of us, like there was a, at work, there was like a maybe four-month gap, five-month gap where there was just like the three of us working, the, three, the two girls and I. And so we didn't really get to take any PTO during that time. And so like now we're all trying to fit in like the end of our PTO that we're going to lose if you don't use by the end of the year type of thing. And oh, so, really? Yeah, so I'm trying to, I was trying to fit in. Where the hell I'm going to have some more days off, but it looks like I found something, so I should have a few days, like a five-day weekend coming up in about three weeks, so I'm excited for that. Here's well, hoping. Kind of garbage that they actually take it from you. You're not able to take it because yeah, of stuffing issues, and then they don't carry it over. Exactly. You're allowed to tra- like garbage. take over a week, so like 37.5 hours, which, yeah. I'm, which I'm going to. Actually, all three of us are going to be moving over that much, but- uh, anything over that you just lose, which sucks. And they they give you like a quote unquote wellness day to like go to the doctor or shit, whatever, oh, sure. or like a floating holiday and those you can't transfer over, but 37 and a half hours of PTO you can, which is trying to fit in what mm-hmm. I'm, what's fun. So I always look forward to those days off. That's why we work from off. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Excellent. So tonight we are here to discuss our fourth film in the Corman Poe cycle with the anthology film Tales of Terror from 1962. Then we're going to move on to round 38 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge, discussing VHS 2, another anthology film, and Psychos in Love. Not an anthology. <laughs> I know, I really, I really fucking dropped the ball there. But <laughs> yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Before we jump into that, though, let's talk about social media and how you can follow us outside of just listening to the podcast here. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can find us on Instagram at Cinefessions, Facebook at Cinefessions, YouTube, we're on there on Cinefessions. Basically, if there's a social media that's worth being on, we are there and you can find us at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com or if you would like to be part of a show, you can give us a call. Our voicemail is 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. And yeah, like I said, Instagram, definitely give a follow there. Uh, Mark posts tons of reviews and all of his media pickups. Um, He had a really cool book uh, that looks really interesting that was posted on there today. What was that one called, Mark? Mm -hmm. Uh, That was called, uh, I got to go back here. I got to have the book in front of me. Uh, I think the world of gross or gross movie reviews. Yeah, uh, I think, I feel like it was the world of, that sounds familiar from when I was reading Uh, it. uh, The Wrath of Gross by Tim Gross. A uh, local uh, Pittsburgh native that, well, I guess not local, since he's, <laughs> but, uh, he's a Pittsburgh native that uh, has a whole bunch of, uh, whole bunch of movie reviews. And I, I think he does some films as well. Okay. Um, I don't think I picked anything up, but I'm pretty sure I saw something at the table. But uh, yeah, he's got an obsession with Phil Kessel, which I disagree with. Oh, I think man. he's garbage. Uh, but uh, yeah, a really cool guy. And I picked up one of his books. So I'm looking forward to going through that. Very cool. Yeah, I um definitely am interested in checking that one out. I actually found the 
the one about the the Canadian horror films that came from above or whatever it is, came from the north. Yes, uh, I think it came from within. Within, okay. Yeah, that one. And uh, I have that one in my Amazon cart. So as soon as I get some extra funds, I plan on purchasing that. But it looks cool. So I love those books like that. So definitely uh, Instagram is a great place to figure out what what it is that Mark is purchasing and, and collecting. So definitely give that a follow if you haven't yet. And uh, also, if you are a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Those reviews help us grow. And they are uh, just essential to helping us do bigger and better things. And even, arguably even more important, tell your friends. If you like us, let people know that we exist. Let them know that you uh, think they should be listening to us, giving us a shot, whatever the case is. Uh, So we, you know, will live and die by your word of mouth. So definitely help us out there. And we thank you guys for all your help on, on both reviews and, and word of mouth. All right, Mark. So what in the world have you been doing this past week? Ah, a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, Good. A few stories. Few okay. Stories. So, I'm excited. So Stranger Things got released on Blu-ray DVD. Oh, shit. And it's I a forgot that was exclusive. actually out. I probably... yeah. Yeah, so there's a special uh, packaging that makes it look like it's a v- it's in a VHS box, but a DVD combo set. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I'm in Canada, and Target uh, dropped the ball in Canada, and are no longer in Canada at all. Oh, uh, really? Still, oh, yeah. They like, man, they bought out another like uh, another store, Shane, oh. and uh, they expanded way too fast. Oh, okay. And they, the thing is, you know, we when when we think of Canada thinking of Target, we think of good deals because we go across the border where the dollar is usually, you know, the deals are better because the dollar is different. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we expected the same amount of discounted items in our stores. But right. no, it's in a Canadian marketplace and they have to compete with everybody else. And they're actually higher than Walmart. So, wow. like, I think they were in, oh, man, they might have been in the country for maybe a year at the most. I want one. Hmm. Um so we don't have targets anymore. And this packaging was a target exclusive item. And I wanted Stranger Things on Blu-ray. It's awesome. Yeah, hell so yeah. yeah. So I go to place an order with Target International. And uh I, I set up my order and I'm just going through my photos here because I take a picture. So I set up my <laughs> order and the collection was 3284 Canadian. Okay, cool, no problem. That's fair. Yeah. I'll pay that. Then shipping was $25. Oh my gosh. What the fuck? $25 to shipping? Are you, who does that these days? Like seriously. Wow. So on top of that, there's still taxes. So if I would have bought it through the international target website, it would have cost me $62 Canadian. Whoa. And 10 cents. Um, so obviously I can't, I didn't put my order through because that's ridiculous. So I decided to go target.com and send it to my PO box in the States. Um, so okay. for that, uh, that would have cost me $33.46 US, including shipping. Hmm. Great. Um, so I went back and forth with the two websites because I wanted to change the mm-hmm. addresses and get better deals with shipping and stuff. Um, yeah. So I placed my order and then I got an email saying, hey, your item's being shipped already. Awesome. I look at the uh, address. Uh, so the address of my P.O. box is uh, 431 State Street in Augsburg. Okay. I mm-hmm. put 431 Main Street in Augsburg. Oh, no. Um, now, there's a unit number for the P.O. box. So I'm hoping, because I, I got an email today saying it got delivered. So I'm oh, hoping that the, that the mail or the U.S. Postal Service, they realized, hey, 
there is no 431 Main Street with a unit right. of 1153. Hopefully, they'll be like, hey, this is actually should be State Street instead of Main Street. So I'm hoping for the oh, best. Man. Obviously, uh, you're hoping a lot on that U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that uh, it is in the P.O. box and not on somebody's doorstep. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. If not, then, you know, maybe I'll contact Target when I go and check it out. See, you know, if, if it's not there, maybe I can get another copy or, you know, just I'll just buy it right. again. Um, but I felt mm-hmm. really stupid. That sucks. Yeah, but um, I've seen some pictures of the set, like on Instagram, and it looks pretty cool. Fingers crossed, because I won't go to the seats at least till mid-November, because I've got the Slaughter High from Vestron coming early November. So uh, okay. I'm not going to uh, go to the States before then. And hopefully, maybe my uh, the person that I share the box with, hopefully, I can save a tank of gas. Uh, because right. I like, remember last week, I went twice because of Columbus Day. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so... I'll try to, because I, I totally forgot that I knew it was coming out, but I forgot it was out this week. And I uh, pay days tomorrow, so I'm going to try to pick it up at lunch. And according to the internet here, it says that my store still has some. So hopefully yeah, I'll Yeah, well, it. I was talking with my buddy uh, Andy Trevenbach from the uh, Let's Talk About Horror podcast. Okay. And uh, we were actually online on the PS4 today. We played some uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I hadn't played since launch day. So I had to do a wow. few updates. And yep. uh, I boosted my level from a level 3 to level 5 today. Yay. Nice. Um, so I would love to organize a big, you know, like people I know online. Yes, it has to happen. You know. Yes. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Um, yeah. So we played a few games. And he was telling me about how he waited in line to get into the targets. So we got there super early in case there were only a few copies each. Yeah. And uh, he got to the shelves and uh, there was 30 copies and he spoke to somebody from Target. And yeah, they're like, yeah, they sent us. A- so oh, it's not wow. rare. Yeah. Okay. You shouldn't have any problems finding a copy uh, on Good. Friday mm-hmm. uh, or the day that the podcast is being launched. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you shouldn't have any problems with that. But uh, yeah, so I got that hopefully coming in the mail. Um, apart from that, I did watch a few movies uh, quickly. Uh, on Tuesday, I decided to do a triple feature. Um, I wasn't going to. I was going to do a double feature with uh, Melissa at night. Then uh, we just said to go see the one film. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to see the one movie, then I'll go see it too. So that was my day. Um, so I started off seeing American Made, the uh, Tom Cruise film uh, about uh, the CIA tapping fly guns to the contrast. It's it's during like the Reagan era. I guess it starts like late 70s, early 80s. So before cocaine became huge in, in Miami. Uh, pilot gets tapped by CIA to start delivering documents, taking pictures of uh, of guerrilla sites, and then eventually becomes a gun runner and a cocaine runner and whatever. So it's like, you know, make money quick, have so much money, I don't know what to do with it. And then, of course, the downfall. It wasn't that good. No. Um, I, you know what? Like, I do like the tips of movies, but, like, if you look at The Wolf of Wall Street, to me, it's the pinnacle of kind of scummy character, makes it big by going through loopholes, and then it's yeah. his downfall. It's hard to beat a film like that. And I haven't seen Gold yet. So I don't even know if Gold is shady or not. That one with Matthew McConaughey that came earlier this year. Um, I bought it. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Because, um, yeah. I, don't even so know I can't one, really frankly. report on Gold or not. But uh, American Made, I was kind of disappointed. It wasn't It wasn't bad. It's just like, one, I know where it's going. And, yeah. you know, especially now with Narcos. And if you want to see something decent, that's a real life documentary uh, based on the cocaine trade. Uh, go see Cocaine Cowboys. It, that's the be-all, end-all of the Miami cocaine documentary genre. Like, it's it's the best. You, you can't yeah, beat that. I've been really um, wanting to see that one. I've not we're not watched it yet. Yeah, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, so American Made was just okay. It didn't blow me away. So I gave it uh, two and a half out of five stars. 
uh, on my letterbox. Uh, then I went to see uh, Blade Runner 2049 uh, in IMAX. So it was not 3D, just IMAX. And uh, I didn't like it. To me, it was it's long. It's like almost, it's almost three hours long. It's maybe it's more like two and a half, but uh, it's vi- visually stunning. I thought it was a very beautiful. The score is good, but it's so slow. Like the first half of the movie, it seems that it's such at a glacial. Nothing's happening. Which one was this? Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, okay. Wow, I am shocked. Really? Oh, see, but I felt the same way with uh, the first Blade Runner. I just think yeah. it's so like nobody's moving with purpose. It's just like they're slowly walking from one spot to another. It's yeah. just cars slowly going to the horizon. You know, um, mm. I I did like it was in the movie, and like, I'm looking at my letterbox. Everybody's giving it five stars, four stars, yeah, four and a half stars. Exactly. I gave it two. Stars. Wow. I just I want to like it. I can't force mm-hmm. myself to like it. I right. didn't like it. I almost nodded off a few times. It's that mm. slow. Um, but there's a girl who plays like a evolved kind of Siri to uh, Officer K, which is Ryan Gosling's character. Uh, her okay. name is Joy, and it's uh, the actress is Anna de Armas. And I'm like, oh, she's very beautiful. I know I've seen her somewhere before. She's one of the crazy girls that was in Knock Knock. Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she was the brunette in Knock Knock because I think it was oh, a blonde brunette. She's a brunette. I'm like, ah, I, rem- I recognize that face. Um, cool. So that was cool. She was probably the best part of the film for me. I'm like, oh, if my awesome. phone could do it, it doesn't. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Um, right. And then, yeah, so I gave that two out of five stars. I just, m- myself, I didn't like it. Um, am I going to watch hmm. it again? Maybe. Am I going to buy it on Blu-ray if it's on sale? Like, I'm not going to rush out to watch it again. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's it's very, again, it's beautiful, but it's it it does nothing for those that gave it five stars, I'm very happy that you read it. I did not. Mm. Last one I saw, and I saw this with my little, I went to see Happy Death Day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. It, it came out last Friday. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's like a Groundhog Day where a girl keeps dying over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Oh, good. I thought it was really good. It felt like an 80s slasher flick, but it wasn't like a tongue-in-cheek nod or homage to 80s slasher. It just felt like an 80s slasher. Um, I thought the character, like the main character, she's a, she's in a sorority and she's not a very nice person. So right off the bat, mm. you don't like her at all. But as the film grows mm. and as, she, as she grows and flutters her wings, she becomes a better person. Um, good. Yeah. It, it, it's a fun movie. I don't want to, I don't want to really talk too, too much about it because I want to divulge anything, yeah. but, uh, I liked it a lot. I give that four and a, uh, four out of five stars. Um, awesome. it, it actually, I again try not to see the trailer. I find it gave it gives a lot of her deaths away. Um, oh, so okay. I wasn't surprised by any of that stuff, but I just really enjoyed the ride. It was actually really, really good. The meta score isn't that high; it's only fifty-seven, but uh, I liked it, and that's all that really matters for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, apart from that's that, a I, PG thirteen horror also. So is it PG thirteen? Uh, I'm glad it was good. Well, here I don't. I guess I don't know what the equivalent is in Canada. Oh, if it's PG thirteen in the states, it's probably G in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, let's be honest. You know, it's like, oh man. If you go to Canada and the movie says eighteen A, you know it's going to be a good movie. It's going to be a lot of sex, a lot of death, and a lot of drugs. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. So uh, it's funny because like some of your movies that are rated R, it's like PG thirteen here. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird. That's a stupid uh, bullshit MPAA. You said it, but yes. Um, apart from that, um, oh, I want to uh, decree here. Um, I did watch 
uh, Triple X Return of Xander Cage that came out earlier this year. So it's the new one with Vin Diesel. It's fucking dumb. Oh, really? It's, it's a fun dumb. But it, it's stupid. Uh, it's like... Um, Think of like a late 90s, early 2000s act. Oh, think of the first Triple X. It has not mm-hmm. evolved. The special effects mm. are better, but it hasn't evolved. But there's some cool okay. fight scenes in it. Uh, Michael Bisping's in it. Tony Jaa from Ung Bak's in it. Um, I liked it, but it's fucking dumb. Like Triple, uh, triple X. Uh, so Vin Diesel's character, right? He's like, I'm going to assemble my own team. Mm-hmm. So he gets Ruby Rose, who's in it again. Awesome. I like her a lot. She's a sniper. Cool. That means something. Then he picks up some uh, some Asian guy, and he's a party guy. He gets people moving at a party. That's his yeah. skill. What? <laughs> and then there's a British guy who likes to crash cars. Does absolutely oh, nothing for the team. He's like the oh, dorky man. white guy. So it, it, it's dumb. But, you mm. know, like Tony Jaws in it, Michael Bisping's in it. I think it's kind of cool. Oh, and plus uh, the, um, the uh, actor from uh, Rogue One. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Chris, no, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen plays like an oh, evil okay. version of the Triple X team, or I guess the leader okay. of the Triple X team. So that's kind of cool as well. There's a few cool cameos in it. Tony Collette's in it. Um, so I liked it. I gave it three out of five. Um, last one I watched. Actually, there's two more. I'll go quickly here. Um, I rewatched The Blob from 1988. Oh, this I was... still need to see that one. I've You've never seen, seen original. it? Oh, no. damn. It's awesome. So I won't spoil anything. Uh, special effects are fantastic. From, for an 88 film involving a liquid gelatin monster... It's fucking fantastic. It's a great film. A very young Chinese Smith from Saw and Saw 2. Uh, I've always liked oh, the film. Nice. It's scared. Uh, oh, okay. This one is worth checking out. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I own the own the DVD and I uh, just haven't... Well, I've got an, uh, an Australian Blu-ray of it. It's one of those uh, Region mm-hmm. Zero films that picked up at Wasteland. Oh, very cool. Um, I watched The Return of the Fly. So it's 1959 with uh, Vincent Price. A lot mm-hmm. better than the first. A oh, okay, better. good. And uh, I watched The Zero Boys. From 1986. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you liked it. Uh, I hated it. I thought it was fucking horrible. Okay. Um, so oh. it's a, I gave it one and a half stars out of five. Um, so it's about these weekend warriors, these three guys that do, like, they're like a paintball team and they're badass. Mm-hmm. And they go to a cab, well, they go camping. And the reason they go camping is that they beat in the team at this paintball war simulation. And... So the lead guy on the other team was a fucking Nazi. He actually had a swastika oh. armband and like he's he's fight, he's playing war. Okay, so they're playing war. It's it's like a paintball war simulation, right? But he's dressed up as an okay. SS officer with a, a swastika armband. What the fuck? Oh, it, it, weird. Hmm. Obviously that team loses, but one of the prizes is that they each had a bet and because our heroes team won, the Nazi guy's girlfriend had to join them for weekend camping. And she didn't know about it. So I'm like... Oh, wow. Yeah. And that girl is Kelly Maroney from Night of the Comet and Shopping Mall. Which, <laughs> okay. And she was really the only reason why I bought this film in the first place. Because I like her a lot. And I thought the cover mm-hmm. art was really cool. But the movie kind of sucks. Uh, it turns out that these guys crash somebody's cabin. Which is somebody's home. And the people that own the home were obviously uh, killers that killed people. So then it's like them versus the killers. Oh, but I have okay. no sympathy for the guys because, like, they trashed their house. And, like, some of them had sex on their bed. <laughs> so, like, they're not, they're not good guys. Especially the right. lead guy. Because, like, 
Kayla Maroney's treated as a possession. Um, yeah, I just didn't enjoy the film at all. At all. That's and interesting. I gotta check it out. I uh, I own that. I, I'm assuming you own the Arrow Blu-ray release? Yeah, I own the Arrow Blu-ray. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm looking at the, the like what the director done uh, has done, um, Nico Matu. Nico Mastorakis, and like yeah. he did Hard to Kill with, uh, oh man, what name? John Claude? No, no, Brian Thompson, the guy with the big jaw. Oh, okay. He, you know, like he's in all like the like like he's always like a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he was the judge in the Buffy uh, series, the, the Blue Monster from season. Um, he did Ninja Academy. Uh, also, so this director has directed movies that I kind of want to see because of its '90s cheap. Um, mm-hmm. but the Zero Boys, I was highly disappointed. I did not like it at all. Um, there's some commentary tracks on it. I might watch it because actually there's one with, with Kim Maroney. So I'd like oh, okay. to see, I'd like to hear her commentary, you know, like from recent times compared to what, you know, she thought yeah. at the time of the filming, just with the whole swastika thing and the whole possession. Um, I'm, I'm right. just curious, you know, like what the thought process was back then. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's pretty much it for me. And because okay. that's Z for zero, I am down to my final alphabet on DVD. Hell yes. That's yeah. awesome. So I'm very excited. I kind of want to go through my DVDs again, though, just yeah. because I've got a few collections, like, you know, the uh, oh. Halloween 10 packs and there's like all like there's elms and yep, stuff. Exactly. So I want to go through those to add to my letters. So I have more of an option <laughs> because it's starting to get a little bare bones with all the backlog challenges we've been doing for right. the last two years. Yeah. Um, then again, though, I did buy them, so I have to watch them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've got uh, one more alphabet run to go, and I am done. Very good. And, uh, of course, you know, I've been seeing my movies every month at the at the theater, and I'm watching mm-hmm. my TV series on uh, on Netflix once a month. So like, I'm I'm down to two episodes now for season five of House of Cards, which will be okay. Um, cool. So yeah, all my challenges are uh, are uh, looking pretty good. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Hell and that's yes. That's about it for me. Good. Very cool. Yeah. So myself, I uh, after I beat GTA 3 last week, I haven't really played any video games much since then. I kind of just taken a break from that a little bit. Um, and uh, I did some purchasing. So I had a like we there's this thing. I got like a free twenty five dollar uh, like Visa gift card from work. And so I went to disc replay which is like my local used media store like you know basically everything music mm-hmm. movies games you know. and uh, i bought something i can't remember what the hell it was i think just like <laughs> oh uh two ps2 games okay maybe simpsons hit and run or simpsons yeah hit and run and or no splashdown rides gone wild and obs- the obscure the after or obscure the aftermath so two games that i've actually been wanting and i was very happy to find there okay. but anyway when I did that, I got a 40% off coupon that could be used on anything in the store up to like a $40 value. So anything, you know, $100 or less, basically. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting an Xbox, the original Xbox, for quite a while. Um, I decided that I was just going to pass on it because there wasn't a ton of games that I wanted that I couldn't just use backwards co- compatibility for, mm-hmm. for the, from the 360. But there were a handful that I wanted. So I was like, you know, and I didn't, I'm, I was so sick of just like, Having to search search through a list every time I w- picked up a game to see if it was backwards compatible or not. Yeah. So finally, I said, "Fuck it, you know, I'm going to do it." I have this twenty five dollar gift card that I got for free. I have this forty percent off. So I ended up getting the system was only like twenty three dollars or something. So that was really good. <laughs> okay. Um, and I got the so I got the system in five games. Okay. One of them was a PS two game. The other were Xbox games, and I only paid like fifteen dollars out of pocket. No kidding. Yeah, so, so it was a really good deal. Which Xbox games did you get? 
Repeat that. I'm sorry. Well, which Xbox game? Did- um, so I don't remember if there was anything that was actually Xbox exclusive. Okay. Let me see. So I grabbed SSX three. Yeah. Obviously not an exclusive. Spider Man two not an exclusive. Uh, but I grabbed Pariah, which is like a first person shooter. I believe that one is console exclusive to Xbox. Okay. And Rainbow Six Three Black Arrow, which is another console exclusive to Xbox. Can I make a um, suggestion? Yeah. Um, two of my favorite. And would be the reason for me to get an, another Xbox is the Death Jam Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Death Jam That's, Wrestling. I think Death Jam Fight for... Yep. Oh, my God. They are so... Yeah, Death Jam Vendetta and, yes. uh, and Fight for New York are, yeah. are two that are definitely on my list to purchase. Oh, it's man, just finding them. The soundtracks are badass. The wrestling, it's it's teached. So it's it's like N64 wrestling, but with like exactly. Method Man and yep. DMA. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to play that I again. liked those a lot when I played them back when they were new. Yeah. I really liked them. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely want to get both of them again. I also grabbed NHL Hits 2003. Nice. Because we were talking about yeah. it. They only had that one on PS2, so I grabbed that one for PS2, but uh, I'm excited to try that. And it says they have a fran- like a season mode on it, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got to grab that right up my alley. Very cool. Yeah. I haven't tried. Uh, I've just I tried Spider-Man just to like test out the Xbox, make sure it works. And I bought component cables for the Xbox. Uh, so that I could use it on my HDTV okay. because they only had composite that came with yeah. it. And so, yeah, so I had to do remarkably well for how old it is. Oh, so I'm, awesome. I'm a fan. But I've, yeah, I loved the Xbox when it came out. I was such a huge fan. I was the PS2. Like that era, PS2 Xbox was, like I've mentioned, my favorite time. And uh, so I'm happy that I now have access to both systems. Do you so. have the big ass remote? Uh, not the Duke. It was an S. Okay. Yeah, it was the, the smaller S controller. It's probably better. So that the, big one was... <laughs> Yeah, it was exactly. Huge. There's no need for a big jewel yeah. in the middle of it. But aside from that, um, I went to, this is kind of unrelated to media exactly, but I did go to uh, the home opener for the Pistons last okay. night. And uh, that was actually a hell of a lot of fun. So obviously, you know, Pistons, Detroit Pistons are opening in their new Little Caesars Arena, just like they moved down there with the... the and uh, so Red Wings home opener tickets were too expensive. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up buying... Pistons home opener tickets. And it was really cool because you got there and you got uh, a free t-shirt that was on your chair, like an, an you know, inaugural uh, Little Caesars Arena t-shirt, home opener t-shirt. Um, and you got this like wristband and whatnot that had lights in it that kind of went along with the music throughout the night. It was pretty cool. And uh, they said like do all these different things during uh, commercial breaks that just make it entertaining as opposed to just sitting there mm-hmm. and waiting. Um, and so it was a lot of fun and just the atmosphere is very cool and they ended up winning. It was, you know, a pretty solid game. So it was, it was a lot of fun to go to. Um, I went, so I fucking, I always park where it's free, right? But last night, all the free parking was filled up by the time we got there. And so I had to park into this, in this metered parking and we paid for it, went in, everything was fine. Came back out. There was a ticket on my car. I was fucking livid. I'm like, no, this is bullshit. Like I fucking paid. Like, I was so pissed. I was, like, trying to figure out what I was going to have to do. I was worried, like, I was going to have to go to, you know, fight it in court and show them proof that I paid for it and yada, yada, yada. But I was able to call them today and they said, okay, we'll send it down to our dismissal department. So, you should... so I was like, oh, thank fucking oh, God, because I did not want to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, and then other than that, I've just been uh, continuing on my 31 and 31 challenge for uh, the month of October here. And I've been able to watch a horror movie every day of the mm-hmm. month so far, which is remarkable for me so i'm very thrilled about that i'm not gonna go through all these because so many of them were just <laughs> shit so um talk about a few of these probably my favorite film i've watched all month long and one of my favorite films i've watched all year frankly uh which everyone's been hating on it and that's totally fine but i fucking loved 
the Netflix, uh, that's the film that's on Netflix now. It's The Babysitter. Um, I fucking loved this movie. It was, I just thought it was hilarious. Like the lead actress was just sexy. She's fun to watch. She's, she's incredibly talented. Um, it has, um, oh shit, I'm forgetting her name. Ah, fuck. I can't remember. There's another actress in there. She's, she's just gorgeous and she's fucking hilarious in it. Um, Suzanne Summers? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Wrong babysitter. Um, okay. So it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be Joyce DeWitt either then? No, no. Unfortunately, that is not okay. the case. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Bella Thorne. That's who it is. Bella Thorne. But anyway. Bella Thorne. Like, it. Uh, I, like, so this whole thing, so this, uh, I think he's like 12 years old. He is, uh, you know, still like one of the only kids in the neighbor that actually has a babysitter still, but the babysitter's like smoking fucking hot. So he doesn't care. And, um, he's like really good friends with her and he's, she's babysitting him one night and he decides that he's going to like stay up and see what happens after he goes to bed. Because like he has this girl down the street who was joking that, you know, as soon as you go to bed, like her boyfriend comes over and they just have sex in your living room or whatever. And so he's like, well, no, I'm going to stay up and see what happens. So he does. And like, just fucking batshit craziness happens. And it just gets nuts. It's like so over the top. And again, so many people have just disliked this movie and I don't get it. Like I thought it was fucking awesome. I haven't watched it yet, obviously, but the people in my circle have all loved it. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know who's hating on it. I guess just the the people I've been seeing on online and whatnot have been okay saying Bella Thorne. She was in the screen. Oh, maybe she was a girl that got killed in the first. Bella Thorne would have only been in Scream Four, wouldn't she? No, she's on. She's in a TV series. Oh, the TV series. Yeah, Nina Patterson is she the girl that gets uh, Nina? I have no clue. I have no clue. I can't. I don't remember who that is. Yeah, me neither. Oh no, she was a bad oh, girl. Oh yeah, it's the girl yeah. who gets killed in the very opening. Exactly. Yeah, okay. You're absolutely right. Yep. All right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like her. <laughs> but uh Yeah, but um I I highly recommend the movie. It's free. Uh, you know, it's on Netflix. So if you're a part of Netflix, then you can watch it with, you know, no added costs. So I I would say give it a shot. Like maybe you'll find something to enjoy out of it like I did. Yeah. But I thought it was just hilarious. Uh the boy it, it reminded me a lot of like st- the characters in Stranger Things. Like they're these young characters, but they're clearly dealing with like more adult situations. Think, and yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And it just the way they handle it is fucking hilarious to me. And like I put on like Letterbox review, I was like, maybe it's just because I'm I will always be that awkward, horny twelve year old boy. But it really like just struck me like really fucking well. I loved it, so I gave that one four out of four stars. Oh, cool! Thought that one was fantastic. Yeah, really recommend that one. Yeah, it's on my iPad, um, so I just got to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I watched Hellions. Have you seen this one? It has a Scream Factory. It's from Scream Factory on Blu-ray. But have you watched that? Ah, uh, man, like this that sounds familiar. Yeah, I, for some reason I felt like I heard you talk about it before, but, but like two Yimmy double. Yeah, like this maybe. this girl. She finds out she's pregnant. Um, she decides to stay home that night. Um, she's yes, but then she decides she's or she thinks she's gonna stay home, but then she decides to go out. She's waiting for a boyfriend to come. He doesn't come. It's Halloween. Yeah, these creepy hellions, quote unquote, start coming to her door, and then like batshit craziness happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not quite in as an entertaining way as the babysitter. I I fucking I dislike this movie very very much. I thought it was absolute trash. Yeah, it's basically just a fucking how long is it? Eighty. 80 it's an eighty, 80 minute pro life commercial. 
And it was just so fucking heavy handed and I cannot stand that shit. Well, it was, I thought it was fucking terrible. I was disappointed in the film just because Bruce uh, uh, Mcdonald, uh, he's a Canadian director and he's yeah. made some really cool films. He's made yeah, one he called Pontypool. And like Hardcore Logo is on my. I was mm-hmm. bummed as well with this film. I, I only gave it two out of five stars. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he like did Pontypool, which people fucking love. I don't like Pontypool, but most everybody else on the planet loves it. Yeah, I like Pontypool. Yeah, I liked it. But yeah, that one, I was so disappointed with. Um, another one I want to talk about is one that I actually mentioned on the podcast many moons ago. Okay. I think it might have been at the beginning of the year when we were like, hey, let's do a list of kind of like the uh, horror films that we're most excited about for this year. Sure. Uh, or maybe it was, I don't remember when we did it, but we did something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them, when I was doing the research that popped up was called Awakening the Zodiac. Now that I'm, so now that I'm mentioning this, this actually wasn't that long ago because I was reading the book when I found this and that was only like maybe four months ago, five months ago. So it wasn't that terribly long ago. But anyway, I finally, it, they, it was at family video, so I was able to rent it. And um, I was actually really surprised by it. I didn't expect too terribly much, yeah. but uh, the director, Jonathan Wright, I mean, he's clearly a talent and he has an eye for directing that I am just very interested to see what else he does because he's he's really strong director. And the story itself, like I'm a true crime buff, you know, I enjoy reading about uh, true crime yeah. and specifically this Zodiac case is very fascinating to me. And like right from the get go, the first kill, um, it's the same kill they do in Fincher's Zodiac. The one where like the couple is in the car at, you know, make out point, quote unquote. Okay. Well, in Awakening, it's completely wrong. Like it's just factually inaccurate to what the ac- kill actually was by like so much. But once I got past that and realized that it doesn't really fucking matter because it's just using this idea to tell the story, it was it was it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I gave it three stars. It definitely, you know, it kind of if they didn't use the Zodiac, it could have worked with just another generic serial killer okay. that they made up. But I like the fact that they tied it into the Zodiac um, just because of, you know, my interest with that subject. Mm. And so I really enjoyed it. But if you are like a Zodiac buff, you're definitely going to be annoyed at some of the things that they put in here because it's just simply bullshit. Okay. Just, you know, for the sake of telling a story. Yeah. But you can get past it then. I think there's something really good uh, to watch here. And uh, the acting is is really well done. Um, the girl is actually – the the main girl is uh, – what's her name? Um, is it Leslie Bibb? Leslie Bibb. Yeah. She is actually – she was actually in The Babysitter also. She's playing like the mother character in The Babysitter. Okay. And uh, she's in this one too. So I actually watched her uh, um, very close together. If not back – it wasn't back to back, but it was pretty close. And I think she does an excellent job. And then Shane West is like the male lead. Again, just does. Just, yeah, this play liked locally it. and I completely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was pretty that decent. It was pretty good. Um, I watched Meet the Blacks. Now, this is a par- like a spoof film in the like in the vein of like Scary Movie, for example. Okay. But it's parodying uh, The Purge, the original Purge movie. Okay. And like, I... I mean, I, I would be lying if I told you I didn't laugh. And I laughed probably more than it was deserving of, but I thought it was pretty damn funny. Like, um, Michael Epps is the main character. Uh, his wife was stunningly gorgeous. And uh, then they had the, the two kids, which I thought were just the, the, the girl, the teen girl was fucking hilarious. But I don't know, like the whole thing is just so ridiculous. It's over the top. It's stupid as mm-hmm. hell. Yet, 
I was laughing. I thought it was funny. I I love obviously love the purge. I've talked about that before. I fucking love yeah. that movie. Um, and uh, this does a very very interesting job, uh, a very competent job of parodying it. And so, if you're bored and you know you generally like stupid comedies like this, you might you might actually enjoy it if you haven't seen it yet. I w- I would recommend it. It's another one that's on Netflix if you're uh, if you're subscribed okay. there. So. I gave it two and a half out of four stars. I thought it was uh, worth my time, yeah. if nothing else. But I thought this hmm. was pretty funny. Another one I was able to find from Family Video that I rented was called Lake Alice. Now, this one was interesting. Um, it reminded me of a mix between Straw Dogs okay. and Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Good Lord. I'm an idiot. Oh, see, that's interesting. No, I didn't mean Stranger. I meant The Strangers. I'm sorry. So it's like oh, a home strange. invasion film. Okay. Um, but it's like, you know, the, the, the main character is coming back. Um, the boyfriend, she's with her boyfriend, the boyfriend's meeting the parents for the first time and they're coming out to this, their cottage or their, yeah, I guess it's her cottage home. Their the home that she grew up in, yeah. in, um, uh, was, I think it's in Wisconsin, I believe. And, um, so you have that aspect with straw dogs where like the girl's returning home and, you know, she has a history with these people an ex-boyfriend, yada, yada, yada. Things are weird. Um, and then the strangers because of this home invasion aspect. And it is the definition of a slow burn. Yeah. But the I think it was quite effective in how it how it did the slow burn because the characters were interesting enough that uh and there was kind of just enough intrigue that I was I genuinely just wasn't sure where this movie was gonna go. Okay. And I and that's what made it like I don't know, interesting for me, I guess, exciting for me. Um, it kind of, the ending is not predictable, but it's only not predictable because of the way it's set up. And I'm not going to, it's, that's probably confusing, but I'm not going to say more just because I don't want to yeah. spoil any of it. But yeah. um, if you, if you like home invasion films, you know, it's definitely a low budget home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's worth, it's super short. It's only like 80 minutes long. Um, I gave it two and a half out of four stars. I think it's worth it. You can find it cheap or free on, you know, wherever, if it's eventually on Netflix or Amazon, you know, instant, wherever it shows up, uh, which I imagine it probably will end up on one of those platforms eventually. I would say it's worth it. What is it called again? Lake Alice? Yep, exactly right. Lake Alice. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Yeah. um, It's interesting. It mixes mixes in some found footage. uh, Very light, very light. It's definitely not a found footage film, but they do mix in some of that. And uh, the way they do it is interesting. But- I liked it. Oh, the the cover looks kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, definitely. It's kind of like on the verge of like uh, kind of asylum-y, but it's not, you know? Yeah, and you know me. That gets me. So. <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. And another complaint I had is it's like- Puppy. Yeah, exactly. The mask that the guy, like the bad guy wears or whatever, Yeah, it's, it's pretty creepy. It's very, uh, nothing special about it really. And it's definitely, you know, they're in the snow and so it's a ski mask like combination with another mask. I don't know. So it, it makes sense to the world, but it's 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 effective. It's very effective. It's very creepy, but they don't really use it effectively. Um, it just everything moves too fast. Like there's not a lot of once the action picks up, it just moves too fast. Like there's not a lot of slow moments where, like in the strangers, you know, you have a person appearing in the background out of nowhere and then disappearing. Like you don't get stuff like that in this, yeah. which I think would have helped it if they just expended the runtime about ten minutes. They could have added in some of these slower moments. Okay, but. You know, even that said, I think it was uh, definitely a worthwhile, worthwhile effort. 
You but, know, speaking of like Cabin in the Woods, yeah. there's a trilogy of Philly that I've been dying to oh, see for okay. a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Cold Prey or mm-hmm. Frit Wild. Uh, Cold Play 1 or Cold Prey, I should say, which I heard was fantastic from 08. And then the third one's from 20. 20- I'm not sure how I'm going to get my hands on these yet, but it's been in my outer, outer circle, like purchasey you know uh realm for a while now and uh i heard they're really good but i heard number two is fantastic so uh and that's again i think it's like people snowboarding and then they're in their in some cabin there's a killer knocking them off one at a time um so yeah i want to i want to get those in my in my collection from like 06 to 010 or to 10 yeah me too i've heard uh nothing but great things about those and that's a series that i've had on my radar for such a long time and i think i feel like um, I feel like I might have a digital version of that somewhere really? because when I worked at Family Video, uh, one of them came out new, and so like they had the other ones in store. Okay, and I feel like for some reason I have like I like ripped it to my computer or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I I I can't say for certain, but I feel like I have access to it somehow. But I definitely want to purchase it. Um, it would be awesome if I could find like a Blu-ray tr- trilogy of yeah. it. That would be badass. But. I don't know if that exists, yeah. but I definitely have to check I'll that out. Re- so the last two I'll talk about are just, I'm going to bunch them together because they are just terrible. And it's interesting because I was going through on Amazon Instant and uh, Chris sent me a message. He's like, add this movie to your list or whatever. So I did. And then like it always lists, you know, other things that are available. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only good way to add movies to your list because that's like the major downfall of Amazon Instant uh, video is the way it's laid out. It's just difficult to find it's, shit. It's horrible. And, yeah, it's horrendous. But this way, I was like, oh, yeah, that looks interesting. I'll add that, add that, add that. And one of them, or two of them, were Summer Lake Massacre and Bigfoot Horror Camp. <laughs> these looked terrible. Yeah. It does look terrible. And so, basically, what these are is, like, softcore porn horror films. And, like, the acting is as atrocious as you would expect. And it's just, they're bad. But I will say... Summer Lake Massacre was actually funny because it was so bad. It was just funny. Like, I actually enjoyed watching it, even stupid as it was. Yeah. Um, Bigfoot Horror Camp, it takes place in a nudist colony, so there's a lot more nudity. But, like, so like 70% of the film was the camera positioned. It was, like, the camera filming a television screen showing an old Bigfoot movie. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching this for? Like, this is stupid as hell. Yeah. But... Again, it was they were forty seven minutes and or forty eight minutes and fifty minutes in oh, length, geez. respectively. So super short. Well, I'm looking. And then Summer Lake Massacre is not available on Amazon. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. So interesting tidbit. Turns out these are actually porn film, like they are hardcore porn films that have just been edited. So like the hardcore porn is taken out, and all you get is like some you know tits and ass, basically. Really. Yeah, and so that's why there's one so short and two so shitty. It's because they are porn films that have been that the hardcore porn has been taken out of them, which I thought was just fucking hilarious. Uh, I didn't know that until after I watched Summer Lake Massacre, but oh, that fucking cracked me up. Well, I kind of want to see. Not worth your time, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they you know they have some you know porn stars in there, so there's that. But definitely not like a legit horror film. It's definitely a porn horror film. So take that for what you will, but. Huh. Funny. Like I said, Summer Lake Massacre was actually pretty funny because it was so stupid and so bad, but Bigfoot Horror Camp was just boring. Funny. They're not even on IMDb. Uh, Bigfoot Horror Camp should be, but the other one is not. But they're actually both on Letterboxd. 
believe it or not, because really? they're both on uh, TMDB, which is what Letterboxd uses for its like building. Oh, Bigfoot Horror Camp TV movie. Yeah, that's okay. what it's listed as the TV movie, which I don't know why the hell Bridget it's listed as. TJ Cummings. Yes. And that's it. It's only TJ Cummings. I don't I know. know if that's a boy or a girl. I, I don't know how they decide that because like maybe he, that person has like a legitimate film credit because I oh, think I on think so. IMDb they don't have – I don't know how it works. I feel like well, they don't have porn stars. They don't have porn films, but sometimes they do. So I don't, TJ, I don't fucking know. TJ Cummings was in Slitty Times at Innocent High 3. Mm-hmm. Legitimate film credit. Thank you. Yeah. Or uh, from 2012, the Big Tit Jackoff. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming it's card related, oh. you know. Uh, yeah, uh, Probably. There's a few more of these on there. They're from Old Creek Mill Entertainment. That's who releases them. Uh, and there's a few yeah, more on that I have on my list. So, yeah. Ooh, from 2010, Face Fucking Inc. 9 <laughs> and Face Fucking Inc. 10. Hell oh, yes. One of this in 11. <laughs> what about the first eight? Man, oh man. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so that was that was my week in media. So I have, like I said, I'm I'm keeping with my 31 and 31. And awesome. as long as I'm able to watch a horror movie tonight, that will be 19 days. So I am excited. I've not been, I've actually been more prolific this year than I have since like 2012, looking back at my movie files, because mm-hmm. uh, I've listed, I'm such a nerd. I've tracked every single movie I've watched since 2010. So yeah, it just happened that year. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. And I just do it every year. So I track everything. But uh this is definitely the most prolific movie watching I've done um, since then. So I'm hoping it keeps up and I can crack the 200 mark. I know you cracked. Yeah, I cracked like, 300 last week. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I would love cool. you to do the movie a day challenge for this year. I think it'd be Oh great man. I think No way. Really this is at that. This is this is hard enough. Like that's why I watched uh Bigfoot whatever horror <laughs> camp or whatever yesterday cuz <laughs> yeah, like I had to watch I came home for lunch, had to watch like 20 minutes at my lunch break, came home, went right to the Pistons game, got home at like 11 o'clock yeah. and was ready for bed. But I was like, fuck, I got to finish these other like 25 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever the hell it was. Well, and so is, then it, I finished it. is it a movie if it's only 45 minutes long? Is it Absolutely. Really a movie? According to the uh, uh, Os- what the fuck? Academy, uh-huh. a feature length film is anything that is 45 minutes or longer. So That's ridiculous. Yep, that minutes. counts. All right, then I guess you're okay. If Absolutely. the Academy says so, then what am I to disagree with the if Academy? If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So, excellent. So, let's move over to our Feature review of the week. Yeah, and I got a story about that, too. Oh, good. Yes. Tell your. Uh, do you want me to introduce it first, and then you tell your story? Go for it. Okay, so... This is 1962's Tales of Terror, and if you have not seen this film, there will be spoilers, so keep that in mind, and if you care about that, hit pause, go watch the film, come on back and hit play. So, Tales of Terror from 1962 saw an original U.S. theatrical release date, simply four months after the last film we discussed. It's ridiculous. And this release date was July 4th, 1962, in New York City. It was directed by Roger Corman, written once again by Richard Matheson, based, of course, on these stories by Edgar Allan Poe. It has an IMDb score of 6.9 out of the 4,980 current votes. No Metacritic score, but a 71% tomato meter score and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 62%. I could not find the film's budget, but it did have a $1.5 million gross, according to IMDb, and it clocks in 
at 89 minutes, making it our longest film of this cycle. So, story time. Yeah, so um, I ordered this Blu-ray via Kino Lorber, their last sale. Hopefully, I was hoping it would come by today, and it had not. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, yeah. So, yesterday, I went to my Roku box, and I typed in Tales of Terror, and there were two services for free that actually offer the film. So I'm like, sweet. So when I'm going to watch them today, no problem. Um, so one was called OV Video and Audio. Some I call it bullshit because I start <laughs> the film and, you know, it'll play after your ads. So it played the same two ads back to back. And then it bumped me back to the menu screen. So I'll try it again. Same two ads again. So that's four times now I see an ad for a mutual financial. Bumps me back up to the menu screen. So I, I unplug my Roku, plug it back in. Same thing. So I'm like, okay, obviously it's not working. I go to the other one, which is like a terror terror films, like free horror movies. It's the same company at the same layout. So I try it out, get the same two commercials again. Bumps me back to the menu Oh, screen. man. So I'm like, fuck. So I check Google Play. They don't have it. Um, I check. Mm. Well, I check to see what's, what I can uh, rent it for. I can rent it for 99 cents on Amazon, Amazon US. Great. Pop in my PIN code, credit card's already installed. I need a US yeah. credit card. Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I go to Voodoo because Voodoo is offering for $2.99. By you, I bought this Roku okay. box in the States. So that's why I, I'm assuming oh, that's why I'm getting a lot okay. of US sides of things. Right. So I download Voodoo, not available in Canada. Fuck. Okay. Oh my god. So I go on my phone. Oh, it's on Apple. Uh, it's on uh, iTunes. Four ninety nine. But it's in high definition. Mm. Cool. So oh, okay. I buy it. Then I'm like, well, I'm not gonna watch on my phone. I'm gonna hook it up. Hook up my iPad to my TV and at least watch it that way, right? <laughs> right. Load up my uh, my iPad. It's an iPad too, so it has had the last few um, the last few updates. Don't work anymore. Oh, okay. Um, it won't read. It oh doesn't show like I bought it. So I'm like, fuck. So I buy it again, $4.99 on oh my, my iPad. God. Yeah. Oh. Um, I buy it. It's got a little pause button. No play button. I oh. hit pause. It brings me back to, hey, you want to buy this for $4.99? I'm like, Oh, my fuck. God. So what I had to do, I took a Bluetooth uh, speaker, went on my bed. I watched this fucking film on my phone. Oh, no. Yeah. It's an iPhone 7. It's not an XL, so it's like a four-inch screen. Oh, my God. I had to watch. So, I think for future uh, reference, if this happens again where I don't have the movie and won't come out, I should buy an Apple TV. If it was Apple TV, it'd be no problem. I don't have an Apple TV. All my other stuff is Apple. I don't have an Apple TV. So, But Apple TVs are 200 bucks, and how often am I going to use it, you know? But... Exactly. I watched Tale of Terror or Tales of Terror on my phone, in my pajamas, stroking my cat, <laughs> while the other hand is holding the phone above my head. So, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, so, will That's my awful. my enjoyment of this film uh, be affected by the quality of my viewing? We shall see. Right. Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. I remember um, one time I had to. Our power was out, and it was like the day before we were recording our. Uh, Ninja 3 episode. Nice. And I had to watch it on my laptop. Mm-hmm. 
And that I was like, oh, this is annoying as hell. Like I thought that was just the worst thing ever. So I can't even imagine having to watch it on my fucking phone. Yeah, I, I could have attempted to watch it on my computer. Uh, yeah. But it was like, well, we were recording at uh, 6 p.m. tonight. It was already 4.30. I'm like, I didn't have time. <laughs> That's awesome. So I pretty much finished the movie. I texted you. We're good for six. We're good for six. And right. here we go. So the <laughs> film is very fresh in my mind. That's good. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so funny. So how much did you end up spending in total on this fucking movie then? Well, I'm hoping I'm only going to get one bill for this film. Oh, okay. Um, so good. I'm hoping only four name and Canadian. Um, good. If I get two receipts, I'm going to just email them saying, hey, one didn't work. Yeah. You know, if you exactly. check, I didn't I didn't watch that download stream. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping only okay. five bucks. But it just sucks good. because I have the Blu-ray on the way. And like I checked yeah, I my know. mail at 2 p.m. today. It usually arrives between 2 and it could be Ugh. downstairs right now. Melissa came in to check the mail. I haven't talked to her since yeah. uh, she got home because we're recording. Oh, okay. So it could yeah. be it could be on my kitchen <laughs> counter right now. Oh man, but, yeah, that's right. Wait, that's why I forgot. I was trying to remember because I know you said we want to kind of push it back this week as far as we can. Yeah, and I forgot, but that's that why you're hoping why. to get this. I was hoping, you know, yeah. toes were crossed, even that I'd get my order exactly. time, and I didn't. Uh, hmm. Yeah, so so I have no. Spe- I've only watched it once. I. If there's any special features on disc, I don't know. Um, I didn't yeah. even bother with my Android box because it's become a piece of shit. Mm. I bought it, five bucks. We'll see if I yeah. like it. All right. So perfect. Yeah. So, and then uh, obviously this is the first time you've watched it and the first yes. time I've watched it. So both of us. So perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. So this one, it we get, we get this other, we get another opening that just felt that it was different than anything we've seen up to this point. And it, and this one felt a lot darker like the the dialogue in this one felt it just made it feel a lot darker than the last films and i thought that was uh, cool actually i thought it was very interesting it was very macabre yeah definitely definitely and i think that kind of that feeling kind of sticks with the entire the entire time i well it, it's funny when you said that mm-hmm. cuz right away when the first uh first story starts yeah it's the same setup yeah was by a cliff yep. water's rushing Somebody's arriving this time via chariot, but exactly. in these spooky smoke induced uh, woods, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, that's uh, kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it goes from, I believe it was like a heart beating or something, right? And yes. then to w- what we've seen, uh, you know, all the way up into this. But I love, so in the beginning, the girl, uh, let me see this her is name. for Morella. The segment. Morella. Yep. Yeah. Segment is Morella. Yes. Uh, so, Lenora sees this tarantula, this giant tarantula, and screams. And I was like, damn, that's a nice tarantula. Like, I would love to see more of that. <laughs> and it's funny because we actually get that same tarantula back in the next segment, the black cat. Yes. I didn't see it in the case of M. Valdemar, though. So, but yep. I thought it was cool that it was in both of those. So, Price is back. So, first off, Richard Matheson is back writing again. Yay. Yes. Instead of the two that did premature burial. And Vincent Price is back in the in the lead role. Um, and I thought his introduction here in, in Morella was really, really cool. I thought it was fantastic. Like, he just looked wonderfully crazy in his introduction. And I like that about it. Well, it's it's the first time where we see as as a villain in a way. You know, as an right. evil, drunken man. Yeah. You know, in the previous films, he's always been kind of sheltered almost almost childlike in his but we first like he first comes on screen you know he he's vile you know exactly his daughter comes to see him and he wants nothing to do with her right i know yeah it was it was very interesting i really like that about that i loved so there's this shot and again i didn't really talk about any 
you know, moments of wonderful cinematography and premature burial. But here, one shot I really liked was the framing on Price while she was scolding him, while Lenora was scolding him for being a bad parent to her. Um, like, and she was telling him that she was dying and all this. It just, the framing made him look smaller and smaller as it went on. And I thought that was just really brilliantly done. He kind of like cowered a little bit too, as it went. I thought it was so smart. It was very well done. I, I found it a little interesting because the house is pretty disheveled. Yeah. But his clothes, he had really nice clothes. That purple mm. smoking jacket slash maybe right. sleeper looked mm-hmm. pretty fuzzy. I liked it a lot. And I'm like, got to get you one of those. Oh man, I would love one of those. Are you kidding? <laughs> but I'm just thinking how how much the house is in disrepair, but he's still dressing yeah. pretty nice, you know? Right. And I feel like that's probably that's just what he has. You know what I mean? Like it's he's used to wearing clothes like that, so that's what he. But I'm wondering who's doing it because it's probably not him. <laughs> good point. Yes. This is, very this good is point. where my mind goes to. Who does his laundry? <laughs> you know, he's finding something <laughs> dilapidated. Uh, House where right. there's cobwebs over the place. Like, who comes in to clean? Yeah, nobody, yeah, obviously, exactly. but somebody does it. And, you know, I'm looking yeah. at the IMDb right now. Yeah. So we've got Maggie Pierce, who played Lenora. And then we've got Leona Gage, who played Morella. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying Maggie is Lenora, but Leona's Morella. Oh, yeah. That's kind of funny, too. That is, that is it's funny. It's stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> I know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it oh, man. Yeah. Anyways. I th- speaking of uh, Morella, I thought the uh, the dead corpse I thought looked pretty creepy. Yeah, but I was surprised how remarkably well it held up after decomposing for twenty six years. Right, like I'm I'm assuming <laughs> that uh, that Locke had mummified her because she looked kind of mummified in yeah. a way. Oh yeah, you're right. She kind of did. Yeah. yeah, the face looked. But I have to be honest as well. I thought that uh, Maggie Pierce, who played Lenora, also played her mother. You know, just under makeup. Mm. They looked very similar bone structure-wise. Obviously, now you okay. realize that they're not. But I thought it was the same. Yeah. Case. For some reason, I, I, I didn't think that. I Maybe I just didn't think too hard about it. Mm. But Well, I was watching the film. Right. Exactly. <laughs> In more yeah. lines of resolution than I did. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, man. Um. So, and then, all of a sudden, Lenora just dies. And it's like, oh. Okay, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that happening so quickly. Yeah, well, she said, and that she then was, it, she was dying. She was dying. Yep, exactly. Um, and then she just, you I just, just go. Didn't. So, and, and then okay, then so what happens next? You know, Morella comes back and then kills, or we kills uh, Locke, right? And it ends. And I, that was it. I was like, that was weird. So, I, my assumption. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe Locke killed Morella, and now she's coming back to avenge herself? Because she, I think she says, like you know, I've been waiting all this time to avenge myself or whatever. So why why would she kill Locke if he wasn't the one that killed her? I, I see. That's a good question. I'm not sure because at first, because I'm writing notes as I'm watching this because I don't have yeah. time to watch it. So I'm wondering if maybe she died at childbirth. That's but that wasn't the that case. Was my- Exactly. That was my initial thought was that she died in childbirth because as soon as uh, Lenora comes in, he says, well, Morella, your murderer is here or something like that. Yeah, because apparently, you know, it, she said she uh, she had a party. After the party, she calls out claiming something. The, the, so yes. I'm yes. wondering if maybe baby was a nickname for a lock 
and not the actual child. And then Locke, but then again, why is Locke hating Lenora then? Right, exactly. So, it doesn't make any sense. So this story I find is the weakest of the three because oh, I just no didn't understand why. Because you would think he's been pining for his dead wife for 26 mm-hmm. years. Um, yeah. She comes back and, to life and he's and he's terrified. Yeah, he's fucking terrified. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, if you know my dead wife came back to life, I'd probably be scared. But in the context of the movie, it just didn't seem like the appropriate reaction. Question. Dead wife comes yes. back to life. She doesn't look dead. She's pretty mint, right? Yeah. How long does it take until you make sweet, sweet love to her? Oh, I mean, a couple seconds. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so obviously, Locke did something because right. she goes straight to kill him. Now, is it because it's just the spirit embodying the body is not really alive anymore? And she's going because really, she doesn't she kill Locke and then it turns it back into Lenora's body again? Yes. Yeah. So it's a vengeful spirit. So obviously, Locke had something to do with her death. It just wasn't properly. Right. Exp- at least, maybe I missed it, but I didn't. No, I think you're absolutely right because there was like no explanation at all, and it just ends. And I'm like, oh, I. It was just surprising how quickly it started. It started and ended. It was very short. It definitely the shortest of the three, yeah. also, and the weakest. That one, I just didn't. It didn't do anything for me. I was not connecting with any of it at all. I have a theory. But, maybe uh, baby Lenora kept crying and crying and mm-hmm. Morella went the baby the baby and Vincent's like ugh don't you take <laughs> maybe Vincent <laughs> killed Morella because she was nagging about the child I mean they just went at the party and now maybe you know, because of the baby he killed his wife feels remorse and blames mm-hmm. the baby for his actions and that's why when that could she be. comes back she goes straight to his throat because he probably choked her to death stop nagging me woman you you know you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. maybe, but this is all like hypothetical because I honestly have no idea. But it must be involved, right? You know, any eighteen somethings they don't know how to. You know, there's no Doctor Spock books. They don't know how to properly take care of a baby. <laughs> Who knows what happened? But exactly, there must be something going on where he blames the child's crying. Maybe he's going insane by the sounds vibrating. You know, in the house. Who knows? Hmm. See, I was reading like a synopsis of the short story and it says eventually Morella dies in childbirth. Mm. So, so, yeah. Maybe that I, makes I, more sense. Right. You know, a uh, wife dies in childbirth. He resents the baby, sends the baby off to boarding school. She comes back home 26 mm-hmm. years later. I'm dying. Let's have one last like talk, you know. But just the fact that right. four months after the baby's born that she dies, that's what. Yeah. And in the short story, the like the lock doesn't get killed. Oh. I don't even know if Locke exists in this short story, actually. I don't know. This is fucking weird. Yeah, uh, anyway. my least favorite of the three. Yes, me too. Me too. So next up is The Black Cat. Oh, yeah. And so this one was very interesting. So right from the get-go, he's mean to the cat, and so I instantly hated him. <laughs> that's Mont- Montresor. Like, exactly. Montresor, you yeah, prick. And that's, don't and that's be mean to that cat. Worry. And I'll be honest. I do not – like. I don't know a lot of uh, film noir films. But he seems to oh, be okay. Mr. Villain Phil Noir because he's in a lot of awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah, like he is fucking fantastic. And I thought it was him when I was low and I was going, I was like, I don't know if that's him or not. I can't tell because he looked a lot bigger than because I know him from M, the okay. movie M, and which is just a fucking brilliant movie. And um he's just fantastic in it. And 
I was watching. I was like, man, he looks different, but it kind of looks like him. Like his eyes are very distinct. Yeah. So I had to look it up and I was like, oh yeah, okay. That's definitely him. But I think he is just, just a wonderful actor. And I think he does really well with this role here. Oh yeah. He was, gr- this segment is just oh, so much fun. Yes, like, I agree, hundred percent. Like we're yeah. gonna talk about it, but I found yeah. the black cat. It was so much fun. It's a great mm-hmm. meat to the sandwich of this film. Exactly. Um, yeah, Peter Lorre is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is my favorite Vincent Price character so far. Oh my gosh, I I would have to agree with you. I think he was so good. He was so funny. Like, oh, yeah, just his reactions to the the tasting of the wine, and then like. When he, when he was right before he's about to get like drugged, just his reaction to that uh, brandy is so in. My re- his reaction when Montresor calls him out in the challenge for a wine testing contest. And yes. it's like his facial expressions. Oh, it made me <laughs> laugh. I tried to do a print screen on my phone so I can use it for tomorrow's uh-huh. uh, podcast. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't. It won't let me. But oh, man. fuck. Price is the best as Fortunato Lucrecy in this one. I love yes. him in the black cat. Absolutely. And I was honestly surprised. I didn't expect to see him. I thought we were only going to see him in the first one. And that was it. But obviously, he's Two. like the lead role in all three, which I I didn't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just the way he like warms up his taste buds to try the <laughs> wine. I was like, oh my God, like this is so fucking good. Yeah. Like I want to see him in more of like these over the top comedic character roles. Like that was just so well done. And maybe he's he does done something like that. I'm just not aware yeah. of them. So this is exactly. my first really funny Vincent Price role, you know, and I just, yes. I just ate it up. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent agree. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, and I, and I love that his character has seven cats of his own at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, I, I thought his character was gay. I did too. It was very effeminate and just yeah. the way he acted. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking too. But no, he sees that hot blonde and it's all it's it's all on there. Well, have you seen the hot blonde, Joyce Jameson? Oh my God, she's yeah. gorgeous. And she, I, I and know I'm she thinking, really was. Why is she with Peter Laurie? Exactly. You know, it's the like, same way as I'm wondering why Melissa's with me. I'm like, Joyce <laughs> is way above his his oh. range, you know? So Man. Hollywood casting, but uh, I'm like, yep, exactly. this is an odd couple. I know. And he's like, she says at one point that like, he was so sweet and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, really? How sweet did he have to be to get you? Like, he looks, <laughs> the way he looked, he had to be really sweet. Okay, rich. <laughs> so sweet. But, yeah. Um, Peter Laurie's reaction to his, his, the revelation that he's in fact not the one in charge, like he's, he's going on about to the uh, bartender, mm-hmm. but he's being cheated on. I thought that was so good. Like, fuck him, this drunkard asshole. Like, yeah. oh, I thought it was so good. And he, like, smashes the glass and it just shatters. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is so good. Like he wouldn't, you know. Yes. Yeah. And so it just shows he doesn't have a meme. Mm-hmm. And exactly. later, but uh, things, he does look like a teddy bear. So I'm sure he was not a drunkard. He's right. a nice guy. Yeah. But, you know, he's been out of work for so long. Because uh, when he was looking for money or. Yeah, they're running out. mentioned right? something about, you know, him. Yes. Yeah. I wonder why, because he didn't look that old in him. You know, he looked like he was about to retire, but for, to not work right. 15 years prior, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't tell. Maybe, maybe the demons in a bottle took over and he couldn't. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I think once his, like, I think Laurie's, uh, you know, the comedic half of it, his drunk half is very good. <laughs> but I think once he 
makes that turn, makes that change, I think he's even better. I think that's when his real acting prowess comes to light. Yeah, like the the, the scene where he's with uh, in his home mm. and he's feeding mm-hmm. him that that uh, or it could be brandy. Yes. Um, I think it's brandy. Yeah. So maybe that's why he couldn't taste because it wasn't a water. That would be my that would be my thought. Yeah, you know? he was hiding it that way. Yep. But uh, yeah, like when he when he you know he offered him the first drink and then you know they salute and then he just like puts his drink down like aha. So right now, now the game started. Um, in going kind of back to the uh, comedic aspects mm-hmm. here, Laurie's reaction to when Price questions, um, or yeah, when when Price realized that he's about to be walled in, yeah. and he looks over and sees Annabelle, and just like what he says, I forget what exactly what Price says, but Laurie responds with, "You notice everything, don't you?" And I just thought it was it was so well delivered and just perfect. I was like, "Oh God." I envy you. Like you're so good at what you do. Like he's fantastic actor. Yeah. Um, they have that like drunken dream filter thing that Corman used in this, and I thought that was just like funky as hell. It was such an odd scene where the uh, like the lovers break out of the wall, they decapitate him, and then they play catch with his head. Yeah. That was so fucking weird. I'm not sure. Well, I guess it, you know it's his guilt that he's seeing. Yes. Know? Um, yeah. but the whole thing with the cat, like, first of all, he hates that cat. But then when the cat changes different animals, right. that I didn't really get the yeah. symbolism. Um, but the whole, you know, him getting caught by, you know, them still being alive in the wall, breaking free and exacting their revenge. Um, yeah. you know, it just, it just shows that, you know, he, he's not an evil man, but when you mess with, with my woman, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I also liked the actual but, head itself. It actually looked like him. You know, for a 1962 special effect of a decapitation, the head didn't look right. that bad. <laughs> no, not at all. But you're talking about the cat changing into the other animals. Yeah, I think that's strange. And I almost feel like it was, you know, just figments of his drunk imagination. Possible. But something has to be true unless he really did accidentally wall the cat up there. But I don't know how that would be because we see the cat outside the wall. So, like, I, I don't know. That, the whole changing of the, you know, and the other animals was just strange to me. Not really paid yeah. off, but I don't know. It still worked. And, and maybe the cat was put itself with its loving owner. Right. I honestly don't. Did you notice the, uh, like, the transitional device that Corman uses in between scenes? So he does, like, a freeze frame. He zooms in. And then, like, like the, you know, the f- next frame will be the next shot where it's still frozen. And then he zooms out. It is still in freeze frame, and then all of a sudden it plays. I thought that was very strange. It was a very jarring transition from scene to scene, but you know, hey, God love him, he was consistent with it. Yeah, you know, I didn't notice that, but that would be a transition that's more like to do with comedy. You know? So it would make sense that's, maybe for this one yep. because it's more lighthearted. You know, very true. That's actually but, a very uh, good point because I feel like he considers this one a comedy. Um, you know, reading things about it, and uh, so that definitely is a you know, comedic transition. So that's, yeah. So I really, I like the end here, you know, when, when the police come in and they're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on, you know, it's not bumbling idiots. You know, they're using the, the lead they got from the bartender kind of putting two and two together and then searching the place and obviously, you know, finding, finding them at the end. Um, yeah, this one I think was just a very, very solid short. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, again, the reason I think it's so good is because of the acting uh, that, you know, we talked about it a ton and that's, you know, that stands out. That- and honestly, it's a change of pace when it 
Yes. I found, you know, our first three films were very similar set design and just in an environment. And mm-hmm. this one, to me, feels like a complete. So I really liked it. The acting was, and it really it surprised me because I didn't think, well, first of all, just this film by itself, having this as an anthology, because, you know, the, the first few films, they were short stories and they were adapted for a longer runtime. These are shortened point, and I think they work a lot. Yeah, better. absolutely. Yep. Um, like I, I like Matheson's work, obviously, but when you don't have to stretch, you know, of a film to cover the, the ending, making these nice bite-sized stories. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, it's it's a short film based on a short story. It just it makes sense. Yeah. yeah so not not as much padding, and I really like. Yeah. That's why I I think I I mentioned this in, in my final thoughts or whatever. But since you brought it up. I would be very interested to kind of see all of these films that we've watched so far done in kind of a short film style. Yes. To see, you know, how they maybe they hold up better, maybe they're, you know, lesser, what, but I'd be interested to see how they compare. Yeah. Well, I'm curious for The Raven because I have not seen it yet. And yeah. uh, that's just a that's poem, a pretty, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's not a terribly long poem. Like, that's actually you know, one I read back in you know, undergrad. Like, it's not awfully long at all. Yeah, so, so I'll be interested. Yeah, I'm not sure how long the Raven is. Uh, I'll find out when you do it. I'm curious to see how they're going to stretch that out. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one's uh, that one. It looks like it's like just under an hour and a half, eight six minutes. Really? So, yeah, oh. surprisingly enough. So the third short in the Tales of Terror is the case of M. Valdemar. Yeah. So Price is obviously back again, uh, playing uh, Val Valdemar. Right, that's the main character's name. Yeah. So. What I thought was striking here was how much older Price looked compared to his very beautiful wife. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that would be Helene, Deborah Paget. Paget. Deborah Paget. There you go. Yep. There you go. And uh, normally, like the, the couples in these don't look so differently aged, excluding you know Peter Lorre and uh, Joyce Jameson. But other than that, uh, generally they look a lot closer in age. And I thought it was interesting that the here they looked significantly i think so i i find there's a bit of an age like himself and his you know his leading lead or even with premature burial i just thought visually they looked really far apart and and this one again did you, know, you? okay this one here he's, he's like a lot older than she is yeah um I, I i just find there's there's been a bit of an age gap between like it's mostly been older women or older men and younger women well, yeah that's yeah i guess that's been going around forever because that's just hollywood right I suppose. but yeah, honestly, I guess I just didn't, or I guess it was just, uh, it struck me more here than it had in the past. Like, I okay. didn't really think it too much in the other ones, I guess, but. Yeah, well, yeah. well this one here, he is really old. Yeah. Like, his character is really Exactly, old. yeah. Like, she looked like she was more along the same age as, like, the doctor, who was clearly probably thir- 20. Half. Yeah, 30 years younger than him, so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just, I loved how, I love how much Corman loves Price. Like using him in these major roles in all three shorts, it's a bold choice, but it works because I feel like the characters are significantly different from one another based on these three alone. Yeah, well, that's why it works is because they are completely different. Yeah, films I found the roles kind of similar. It's a gamut of of different, uh, you know, different uh, uh, ages yeah. and uh, just different like incomes and, and yep. whatnot. Like in this last one here, Valdemar, he's real. And the house is in good standing. Right. The other one, you know, left the house. The third one, it lives with seven cats. So it's just, <laughs> it's a nice mixture of roles, you know? I thought this whole idea, you know, this being hypnotized at the point of death, 
obviously, you know, looking on it now, it's some, you know, it's a ridiculous idea, but it's still very interesting. Um, you know, it kind of makes it put, it kind of puts death in more of a spiritual light than a physical light, which obviously it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it is a physical thing, but what an interesting idea to kind of an interesting experiment to partake in. Um, and I thought it was strange that everyone was so against it because it just, it felt to me that like, what's the worst that could happen? Like they prolong his death a few minutes. Like that's to me. At this, you know, kind of coming into it, that's basically the worst I thought could happen. And so where it goes, I just, I didn't see that coming. And I thought that was, I thought it worked. It was very interesting to me. Well, what I liked is that, uh, you know, they're using, it's almost fringe science for that yes, era. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, time of death. So I did like that aspect. And I think that's why the doctor was so against it. Yeah. Because it's not real science. It's, it's right. science fiction, you know? The same motherfucker um, who uses a mirror to declare him dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you uh, caught that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, you know why he's checking the mirror, right? For the for he's breath. Using the, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, I, so it, it's still like you know beginner medicine. Like if mm-hmm. I had to go for an operation in in that era, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna die on the fucking <laughs> on a fucking floor exactly. or the uh, hospital. Uh, you know. But right. um, yeah, no, I it just it, to me it felt kind of fringy. So I was mm-hmm. I was kind of okay with that. I'm like, okay, let's see where this is going to head. I wasn't sure where right. it was going to go. <laughs> I don't I don't know who it is. It's either Poe or it's Corman or it's Matheson, but somebody has to have a thing for doctors trying to get their patients' wives because right? that happens again here. And that's like what three out of the four films we've seen so far. Like and not just that, but it's this one was so much more possession wise. Yes, like. This yep. uh, the the hypnotist or whatever oh, uh, yeah. Carmichael he manipulates Valdemar to tell him because he said yeah uh, Valdemar said before he died uh, you know I want you to be happy please wed the doctor you know yeah, you guys like, have watch, a connection you know, I can see that yeah yeah but then this fucking Carmichael which I dug I thought it was a great role he's like no I'm gonna manipulate Valdemar because mm-hmm. I love um, Helen so much yeah. to have Valdemar say hey. Mary Carmichael instead. Right. You know, and, and he's, like, he's really, he's holding Voldemort's soul hostage. Like, exactly. Say this to her and then I'll let you go, you know? Yeah, it's fascinating. I really, and yeah, like, I didn't expect it to take such a dark turn. Exactly. And, exactly. I mean, and Carmichael is just like the ultra creep. Like, he literally, like, goes, hits on the widow like seconds after Voldemort dies. It's like, oh my yeah. God, like, you are an asshole. Yeah. Oh no, he's a total creeper. Yep. I didn't expect that from the character. So I'm like, right. oh, this is this. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. um, I like what they do with uh, uh, Price's voice to kind of make it different oh. and make it eerie. I thought it was good. That first uh, croak you hear after yes. he dies. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, mm-hmm. I'm on my phone with a Bluetooth speaker in the bed. <laughs> it was chilling. Mm-hmm. It was a creepy sound. I liked it. Yeah, that's what you know. Very eerie. It was yeah. somehow believable. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but it was. I just liked it. It just shows how into this were, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. You're, 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 into, you're, you're focusing on the film and mm-hmm. it, it, it surprised you. So how, my one question was, how were they hearing him? Because his lips aren't moving because he's dead, yet yeah. everybody's able to hear him, including people that walk in. Because like, like a butler or something walks in at one point and he hears the moans and whatever. So it's like, how are they able to hear him? Well, the soul is still stuck in the body. Probably reverberate the vocal cords in your throat, mm-hmm. but can't control 
the physical musculature. Yeah. But then again, until the end, right. comes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm assuming it's just, it's in the air. It's like, it's in the. I feel like, it, yeah, it probably doesn't really matter, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just is. Coming out know? of his ears. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I was so I was so mad at uh, Helene for like 20 seconds because she's like, you know, um, the hypnotist has Valdemar say, I want you to be with Carmichael. And she's like, OK, go. Tells Dr. James to go. And I'm like, what? Who the fuck cares what that stupid thing says? Like, that's bullshit. Like, he's dead. It's just the guy fucking with you. Like, that's ridiculous. And then she's like, no, you're full of shit. Like, a second the doctor leaves and she's like, I'll marry you if you let his soul go. And I was like, oh, okay. A lot smarter than I give you credit for. But I just don't get, like, why, Carmichael, why would you want to do that much? I know. Like, you're, exactly. You're holding your ex, your, her future ex-husband's soul as a hostage. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't understand why you want to marry her, <laughs> you know? I think it, exactly. It's purely physical. Yeah. Like he wants to fuck her. That's what he wants, you know? Like he's, and that's the way he's going to be able yeah. to do that is just, He's know. not in love. He's in, he's exactly. lusting after her. He is not yeah, in He's been love. staring at her. Right. They talk about how much he's been staring at her. And, um, when he opened his eyes, I was just like, yes, that was so awesome. I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. And then, like, as he's walking, his face, like, the way it's melting, I thought was so just gross and well done, like this brown goop, yeah. and then just collapse into... Just like this pudding, like a... Yeah. But even Ugh. before that, when he was all in like pancake makeup, all in white, like he, like the body yeah. was drying out. That was kind of like, I, I was, I was taken aback by that too. Absolutely. I, really well done, like special effects for, uh, for what yeah. it was. I really yeah. like that. Awesome. Yeah. So anything else to, and so just in terms of this short, another one I thought was just a very solid, very well done short. Me too. Uh, I thought it was really good. I, like all three are good. Mm -hmm. The first one, leaves me, but I thought like as a whole, this film. Excellent. So what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Tales of Terror? Yeah. Well, like I just mentioned, um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think too, it's a change of pace. From, uh, Carm uh, um, you got a little bit of everything. You got some ghosty. Yeah, Valdemar was a zombie. Um, and you've got some. Uh, right. Some morbid comedy. I thought all people involved had grievances. I did not not like anybody uh, in the film, uh, performance wise. Uh, some despicable characters like Carmichael uh, was pretty despicable, uh, but I still enjoyed the role. Uh, Montresor, he's evil, but he was funny. Um, and again, uh, Price, not expecting him to be a different segment. He is, and it's three different characters. I loved them all. This is probably my favorite of the cycle so far. Um, I gave it a pretty high score on, on Letterboxd. Um, I gave it four and a half out of five. So for this okay. here, I might get I might give this four out of four stars. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Very good. Cool. The only thing hurting it, what what exactly is the point of the first? Right. Um, but I you know, if I can forego with that, um, yeah, I thought this film was that's awesome. Very cool. So four stars from Mark. So yeah, Tales of Terror sees uh, the return of Richard Matheson writing the script and Vincent Price leading the way on the screen. And both are very welcome returns after the day, after the dud that was Premature Burial. Surprisingly, like you said, I think I'd rate 
rank Tales of Terror as my favorite of the Corman Pulse cycle so far. Though the first story, Morella, was a bit weak and, and too short to really do anything, um, Corman more than makes up for it with the Black Cat and the case of M. Valdemar. Price is incredibly solid in all three of these, and I absolutely love Peter Lorre and the Black Cat. And I think the other reason I like these so much is because the, is because the stories uh, that these were based off of are just so damn interesting. And like I already mentioned, I would be interested to see the other three films we've seen kind of done in this short film style to see if they hold up maybe better than trying to spread them out over a feature length runtime. But either way, Tales of Terror, tons of fun, surprisingly creepy, and it tells stories that are absolutely worth the time spent with them. So I'm giving Tales of Terror three and a half out of four stars. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's a half a star away from making our Cinefessions Hall of Fame, but. That's why it's that's why it's such a uh, coveted place to be. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yes, that's why it's so prestigious. So excellent, perfect. So before we uh, finish up, let's move over to round thirty-eight of the besting the backlog challenge. This, of course, we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. Mm-hmm. So as a reminder, we each take a look at the other's unwatched pile, whether it's their home video collection or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu. We pick one film for the other person that they haven't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast. They then give a quick review of that film. So, Mark, you chose VHS 2 from 2013 for me to watch for this week. And I gave you 1987's Psychos in Love. So, if you don't mind, I'll I'll jump in first here because mine's kind of long because I went through like each short because it's an anthology film. So, I kind of talk about each of them. Go for it. So, I'll dive in here. So... I remember finding uh, the specific copy of VHS 2 that I have at an FYE many years ago. Um, What's cool about this version and what's memorable about it is that it not only contains a Blu-ray copy of the film, but it also has like the full movie on a VHS tape. Really? Now, yeah, which is pretty interesting, pretty neat. But... My my VCR that I had it, it died recently, so I I couldn't take advantage of this and and watch it on a V you know on VHS, but it's still pretty cool to have. So, um, and this is one where I saw the original. I gave that like a six out of ten on IMDb, so probably about a two and a half out of four on our star rating mm-hmm. scale. Um, and I liked it, so I was really anxious to watch the sequel. I just you know it just sat around and I hadn't until this point. So. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, v- the VHS series are uh, found footage anthology film. And uh, VHS 2 has four short films plus a wraparound film. So five total short films uh, to talk about. Um, out of these five, only about two of them stand out as being really strong. So starting from the top, Tape 49, that's the uh, like the wraparound segment. Mm-hmm. And this uh, has two private investigators breaking into this house and finding like all these TVs with VCRs hooked up to them. And they start putting in the tapes to collect ev- evidence. And that's what leads us to our, our main segments. So our first segment is phase one clinical trials, which reminded me a lot of a Black Mirror episode that we watched where the like the memories are recorded and you can kind of access them. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but here... Our main character, our main guy, he gets like an ocular implant to replace one of his uh, broken eyes or damaged eyes that he lost sight in mm-hmm. uh, thanks to a car accident. So the doctor warns him of glitches in the implant that they're trying to work out. And so once he gets home, he starts seeing ghosts. 
Eventually, this girl shows up at the door and she can hear these ghosts. Uh, she can hear the ghosts while the guy can see them. And essentially, like, the more you pay attention to them, the stronger they get. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say uh, you get some nudity in this short, which is pretty nice. Mm. Um, and actually, there's a second bit of nudity in this one because the film opens with a penis shot and a topless blonde woman in like the first 30 seconds. But technically, that's from tape 49. But anyway, uh, this one, it's this is this is an interesting idea, but it, it just fell short for me at the end. Um, I, it's just I don't it wasn't very memorable. And I think that's the problem with most of these. Um, so this one, I'm just, this one was directed by Adam Wingard for those that are curious, um, who did like your next, Mm -hmm. um, what else? A bunch of shit. Uh, the recent death note. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So next was a ride in the park. Um, and this one was like the most interesting uh, idea for me. So we start the, we see the start of like a zombie apocalypse through the Zen lens of a GoPro attached to our main character's helmet. Well, he gets bitten and turns into a zombie himself. So then we get to watch as he starts attacking people. Um, one of the two directors for this one is Eduardo Sanchez, who's best known for his, uh, you know, for his work on the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. But I really like him. I-, I really like Blair Witch Project, but I also love Altered, his second feature after Blair Witch, and Lovely Molly, which I think is just fucking fantastic, which came out in 2012. Um, this one, it's really short, short. Um, but the idea made um, made it one of the two that I really loved. Greg Hale also shares a co-director credit for this one, um, and he is one of the producers from the Blair Witch Project. People interested. Third was Safe Haven, um, and this one was just fucking strange. So, like, the setup is something we've seen before. A documentary crew gets their way into, like, a cult's place of worship, and then weird, strange shit starts happening. The setup for this is nice, but the whole thing goes off the rails toward the end. It just becomes like batshit fucking nuts to the point where it lost me. Um, Timo Jajanto, uh, mm-hmm. I believe is how you would say his name, and Gareth Evans of The Raid fame are co-directors for this one. Slumber Party Alien Abduction wraps up the main segments, and this one was probably my favorite uh, just because of the fact that it dealt with aliens, which I always find fun. Basically, like a brother and his friends uh, are fucking with his um, attractive sister and her uh, her the sister's boyfriend before being attacked by these actually impressive looking aliens. There's nothing like too different here from what we've seen before, but it's it's well done. Uh, and the boys in the film made me laugh. Um, the hobo with a shotgun director, Jason Eisner, directs this one. And he does a great job with it. Um, his use of lighting and color really kept things interesting for me. So this was one probably the most memorable for me. Um, and my favorite of the bunch. So going back to that wraparound segment, this one was directed by Simon Barrett, who directed the newest Blair Witch sequel. Um, but otherwise, I don't really have much to say about this one. Um, it's not very memorable, but it does a good enough job of setting these other segments up, even though they're not really related in any way that I could see. But so, I mean, there's nothing really special with this one, but I love found footage films and I like the way that all of these are put together. The problem, though, is that so many of them are just forgettable. In fact, I was trying to put my thoughts on this together just a couple of days after watching it, and I had to resort to Wikipedia to, like, to refresh my mind on just what the hell each segment was all about, again, excluding Slumber Party Alien Abduction and uh, the uh, Ride in the Park. But the other ones I just couldn't remember, as I was, and it was only like two days later, so I was like, shit, that tells you something. Um, so do I recommend VHS 2? 
Well, if you're a fan of the first VHS movie or you like found footage films and the idea of a found footage anthology film intrigues you, I'd say give it a shot. Otherwise, you can likely skip it. Still, I had a good time with it while I was watching it, even though I couldn't remember much about it after. So I'm going to give VHS 2 two out of four stars. And I apologize. That's much longer than our reviews are normally for that segment, but that's the only way I know how to review it. So it is. So with that out of the way, well, first off, did you like VHS 2? Uh, yeah, compared to the first one, I loved it. Oh, okay. Um, I liked the, I did like the first one. Um, for the second one, I only thought the first segment of the eye was my... Okay. I, I thought the GoPro one was really... It was, it was a really cool gimmick. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the, Philipp, the one from the Philippines goes apeshit crazy, and I mm-hmm. fucking loved it. You know, with the whole, I didn't love I, it as much, I guess, but... I think, if, if, if I remember correctly, if it was a cow god or some stupid thing, but I thought it yeah. was fantastic... And the um, the abduction uh, uh, summer party one was pretty cool too. I don't remember the wraparound at all, but uh, okay, the four yeah. segments. I thought the weakest one was the first one, um, but yeah, I thought it was an improvement over the first. Okay. And I was looking forward to the next one, which is viral, and that has one good segment. The rest is shit. Oh. Yeah, I own that one too, and I have to watch that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, there's a Spanish uh, VHS is viral, and that's the only one worth watching. The rest, I just. Yeah, I've heard that before too. Actually, there may be a second one involving a Halloween party. That one wasn't oh, okay. bad either. But the rest is. I, I heard garbage. that there was one that's like on like a deleted one that's on like the bonus features that's actually better than the majority of the other ones in there. Oh, I don't even own these just viral because. So, uh, okay. I and I, I could be making that up. It's, it's an old memory, but I thought I remember hearing that. Oh, it's possible. Anyway, so now that I've rambled on, talk about Cycles in Love from 1987. Cycles in Love from 1987. Uh, that's it. <laughs> no. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is directed by Gorman Bashard and uh, stars uh, Carmen Capobianco, who was at Wasteland in 2016. Um, his Q&A from 2016 is actually on the Blu-ray, which is awesome. Um, it's got Patty Chambers, uh, his... I guess his co-star would be Debbie Thibault, who also did the um, costuming for the film. So it involves Joe and Kate. Joe is a owner of a bar. Um, it's a bar that has a stripper. I don't think it's a strip club bar, just because there's only one stripper. Um, and it makes mention of that. Um, so he likes to kill. And he meets up with Kate. And she likes to kill men. They're both psychos. <laughs> Um, this film is kind of filmed as a documentary just because you do see some people from behind the scenes in some shots and they talk to the camera. Um, so it's documentary style. It's supposed to be a comedy. I did not think it was that funny at all. Oh, this film, okay. Oh, this film apparently has quite the cult following. Huh. Um, I am not one of the cult. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I was not a big fan of the film. Um, it's, it's a low budge, but low budge can be good. Uh, this, in this case, the humor kind of, kind of fell flat for me. Um, and the fact that, you know, Carmine who plays Joe, I couldn't really believe Joe and Kate just because Kate was actually quite hot and Joe's balding middle-aged guy, you know, um, I, I just didn't feel the relationship really worked, but they're both psychos and I guess that's why they fall in love. But He's also a little hot-headed because they go to the drive-in for their first date. 
and he asks her if he's got if she's got Windex in her purse, which I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> and then he goes outside, and the windshield is covered in shit and mud. Like I'm not even sure how he got to drive there to the drive-in because you can't see anything. So instead of wiping his wind, he takes a sledgehammer and bashes the windshield in. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so he's a bit weird. She's he likes to cut up the bodies. I'm not sure what she does with the bodies, but she's a manicurist. And I guess there's a big demand of going to guys' houses. She just takes the manicure tool. But I don't even recall what she does with the body. I know he cuts them up. She might just leave them there. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. So interspliced with their killings, there's a plumber that kills his clients, which is not good for business. But he likes to eat. You know, he kills a whole bunch of people. She kills a whole bunch of people. They get bored killing people. So they try killing people, someone together. Didn't doesn't really work out. So like, you know what? Maybe let's leave this and we'll get married. They get married. They start killing people again. Um, I didn't like the movie that much. Maybe if I would have seen it back then, like on VHS, mm-hmm. I'd have a great appreciation for it. Um, and this is a Vinegar Syndrome release. So you kind of know what you're getting. So you're getting quality, but you yeah. might not getting quality films. So the restoration is awesome. This is packed with special features. Um, but the film itself... It's Grindhouse, you know. It is to me. It's not a great film, but there's a big cult following. Um, mm. Tons of boobs in this movie. Lots of female nudity. Yay! But it doesn't. For me, it it just didn't. It didn't catch me early on, and it wasn't anything special. So uh, I I didn't give it a good score. I'm just gonna go look back here on my on my letterbox at two out of five. Checking here, and uh, yeah, I did. So for our purposes, I might give this one and a half out of four. Okay. Yeah. So again, okay. great presentation. Yeah. Great. Like there's multiple commentary tracks and whatnot. So I just didn't think it was. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed by it. I wanted to like it, but right. Yeah. It didn't click with me. Maybe I was not in the right mood or whatever. Maybe I'll watch it. Ah, I don't know if I'll. Um, <laughs> but I might for the special features because I'm curious to see why they made this. I might check right. it out again eventually. All right. So we had a two star and a one and a half star. So not not our best week. Not no. our best work. No. Not so at all. let's see if we can. Uh, do better for one another next week. So, oh, I doubt it. I do too. But <laughs> okay. here we go. So, I'll uh, I'll tell you what you get to watch first. Okay. So for next week, I was going through your your pickups of recent. Okay. And uh, one caught my eye because it said it was like the X rated something or another, and I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be the one. Okay. 2015's Bunny the Killer Thing. <laughs> okay. It is a Finnish film, I believe. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that you liked the trailer for it, and so you had to pick it up. So because of that, you get to watch it. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I bought, I picked this up, I believe, in Toronto at the National Expo. And okay, uh, yeah, I saw the trailer. I don't even know how I got to the trailer. I think it was on mm-hmm. on Instagram, and uh, it looked re- it looked really out. There. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll gladly watch that next. Well, good news for for our listeners and me is that it's actually, if you are a Amazon Prime member in the States, at least, it is available on Amazon Instant Video to watch for free with your Prime subscription. So I will try to watch that this week as well. Oh, there you go. Okay, cool. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. what do I get to watch for next week? Well, because I didn't really like the film you picked up for me this week, I thought I'd go with a deep cut this time. Oh, boy. Oh boy! And I decided on <laughs> Children of the Corn Three: Urban Harvest. 
Oh no! Yes. Okay, fantastic. So, yeah. 1995's Children of the Corn Three Urban Harvest, perfect. So that means I'm gonna have to re- I'm gonna have to watch number two to uh, catch up. So oh, perfect. You probably don't have those, to. So that's good. I'd be very surprised oh, if no. it really follows, but you could if you want. I'm sure it to. doesn't. But you bet I'm going to. Yeah, I remember. I, <laughs> I saw sure this movie sucks. on Cinemax back in the day, probably like '95, '96. Okay. And uh, I just remember the final like battle sequence. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see what you'll uh, what you've thought. I went a little deep. A little direct to video on this one. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Perfect. I'm excited. Cool. So to recap, uh, Mark, you will be watching 2015's Bunny, the Killer Thing. And I will be watching 1995's Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest. Fantastic. Sounds good to me. That sounds like a fucking great week. (laughs) Excellent. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. Okay. So remember that we will be back next Friday, October 27th, with a review of 1963's The Raven. So make sure you track that down before next week. And it is on the Vincent Price collection. Uh, It's either one or two. I don't remember. But it's on one of those. So hopefully you have it. And as always, if you have any questions for us here at the podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all of your questions you'd like us to answer here on the show. And we will do our best to answer all of them. So again, uh, make sure you tweet at us using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any questions that you might have for us. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, But if you're not listening to us on iTunes, leave us a review wherever you are, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Those positive reviews help us get more listeners. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave that review and for telling your friends about the show. And another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on all those major platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and so on and so forth. So make sure you're following along on all of those. And Mark, remind our listeners where else we can find you online. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Mark underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And as well on Instagram at mnadeau 2 Perfect. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right, Mark. It was another fun week. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Absolutely. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 108 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 